and we feel good based upon how long we did it and how kind of exhausted we feel. And prayer almost works the same way in our minds. I don't, I don't know why. By the way, if, if you're like, yeah, but what about that story where Jesus is like, hey, if you keep beating down, uh, you know, the, the bad judge's door, then God will open the door. You just got to keep beating, right? No, that, that is not what that story is teaching at all. It's teaching the antithesis. It's teaching that that's the bad judge that you got to beat his door down. You don't have to do that with God. He's the good father. This is why we need to reteach this. So we go through these hyper-routines. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with prayer routines if they're working. But we go through these hyper-routines. It's a little bit like working out. Like after a couple of weeks of this, you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, Let me help you with a few things and just open your eyes. And I'll unveil some of this more and more as I go through it. We try to time prayer as a type of gauge of how well we're doing. Anybody there with me? I do it. I do it all the time. I don't watch while I'm praying, but I pray, and the first thing I do is I look at my clock afterwards, and I'm like, hmm, probably be a good day today now. That's a good 22-minute morning. You know, and an hour later, I'm pleading for grace. But uh, we, we often time, uh, we hear the great fathers of the faith, you know, they prayed for hours, and there's everything right with that. But gauging good prayer by length actually isn't even biblical. The longest prayer in the Bible, Nehemiah 9, you can read it in less than five minutes. It's not about length per se, although, goodness, nothing wrong with spending hours praying to God. It's about motive and heart. We pray for things that would actually hurt us, which is really weird. Um, I often pray for things, material things, that I know if, if God gave me, I would probably mess my life up. And so like a good father, God doesn't answer a lot of our prayers. I I do believe in, you know, the answer no is an answer. I I believe if our good father gave us, kind of like a kid who wants to, you know, eat candy for breakfast and and dinner, if, if a father actually gave them those things, that kid would be in a world of hurt. And so we pray and we ask for things. We don't understand why it's not good for us. God doesn't answer those things and we can get really tired. We can wonder, why do I pray if I'm not getting answers? Uh, Here's one of the hard ones that I realized in James chapter 1. We often pray and ask God to remove things in our lives. But what's so weird uh, about asking for God to remove trials and pain from our life is James 1 says those are the things that are making you like Jesus. And so what I'm actually doing is praying for God to remove the things that are making me like Jesus. So God doesn't answer and I get get wore out and and prayer lives begin to slow down because it's like, well, you know, he's not answering these things. And so we get confused with prayer. And I just thought it'd be really cool for the next two or three weeks if we could just rebuild a prayer life from Matthew chapter 6. So go back there, and I'm, I'm going to tease out one, one first step. If you're here and you're like, I haven't prayed for days, or I pray every day and it, it just feels flat. I, don't, I, you know, I feel like my prayers hit the ceiling. I want us all to start over a little bit together. And I want to inject passion and fire into our prayer lives. So where do we start, Jesus? We're confused. We're, we're sitting at your feet like the 12, and we need to know how to pray. We, we need to know what this thing's all about. What do we do? S- speak to us. Tell us something here, Jesus. Well, here's my one thought to start this journey to rebuilding a life of prayer, especially for this church, and I hope to launch 
um, another branch of a prayer ministry here pretty quick with a new lady who's come to me and expressed this passion to pray on Sundays. So here's where I want us to start. Everyone write this down. Jesus tells us to just start talking to God like a child. And you're like, no, 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 no. I don't like that. Way too simple. I need prayers answered. No, no, no. Just wait. Watch what happens. Jesus tells us to just start talking to God like a child. I am so tempted to call our children's ministry in here right now uh, for a visual aid. We can learn more about God and us through children. So Jesus is going to work that out in Matthew 6, 6. You got to get, you got to get into a childlike mind if you're going to pray with passion and beauty. But here's the first thing he's got to do. He's got to untie the knots. There's several bad knots. There's two bad knots that the disciples are using in their prayer lives that's killing their prayer lives. And people around the disciples are using, and it's killing their prayer lives as well. So Jesus says, let me make sure you understand what you shouldn't do in prayer. And then I, I, want, I want to get you praying like a little kid. And then you're going to take off, and this whole thing's going to work. So let's look at these two, two knots, if you will. Let's untie them. Let's put them on a shelf. Let's not pray like these things. And let's figure out what it looks like to pray like a little kid. Matthew 6, 5, here's what Jesus says. And when you pray, you must not be, so he starts with a negative. You must not be like the hypocrites. Now, everyone look up here. That word hypocrite in the Greek language, whatever, it means to wear a mask. It means to be a, an actor in a play. So when you pray, don't play. I just made that up. That, that worked right there. When you pray, stop pretending. Pretending what, Jesus? Okay. What people were doing in the first century is they were publicly praying all over the place. So they were going to the temple. They were stopping short of the temple. And they were praying in public to be seen of people. Yet their private prayer life was non-existent. They didn't have a true relationship with God. And Jesus is like, that's like wearing a mask. Don't do that. God doesn't want that. God doesn't want anything to do with that. So that's one. Don't pretend. Uh, don't, don't pray so people will look at you and be like, man, look how spiritual they are. You know, you know the temptation. I know the temptation. If you've ever been called on to pray in a group of people, it's very easy to start using theological words. Like, hey, John, can you pray for us? And it's like you start sweating and you start going, okay, I'm not even thinking of God right now. Let me formulate a good prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit and the atonement that came through the cross of Jesus Christ, you know. And everyone's like, what in the world is he talking about? Don't play. Talk to God. I remember the, you guys remember D.L. Moody? You ever heard of D.L. Moody? Uh, one of the great evangelists and revivalists. Um, he was at a prayer meeting and, and uh, he was sitting behind this new Christian and the pastor asked the new Christian, will you, will you pray to open up the prayer meeting? And the guy froze because Mr. Moody's behind him. And he's thinking of all these theological words and trying to remember how to be all crafty. And Moody pushes him and he goes, just talk to him. He's your dad. Man. Jesus says, don't, don't play with this. Don't put a front on. Don't do it for people. It's too important. Don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners as they're on their way up to the synagogues so the crowds can see that they may be seen by others. That's what prayer is. 
You'll get an answer to your prayer if you do that. Truly, I say to you, they have received the reward. Here's the reward. They got the attention of people. That's it. Nothing from God. He says, guys, if you follow me, you never saw me do that. Don't go there. Don't do that. Stop with a public prayer that's designed to impress. And then he says in Matthew 6, 8, he goes, one more. Do not be like these people who you're seeing. Pray. And then he goes, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Now, I'm going to mess with some of you right here. Jesus goes, will you quit making prayer all about getting stuff from God? And you're like, whoa, 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 the scripture says to ask. Yes, yes, we need to ask. We need to seek from our heavenly father. But Jesus is like, all they do is ask and ask and ask in these loud, vain repetitions. And there's more to prayer than just trying to get something from God. There's getting God from God. He says in verse 7, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, as, as the pagan religions do. Don't just keep rambling and keep asking, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. You know, repetition, repetition, repetition. And that's why that story of that guy beating down the door of the judge doesn't mean what you think. He says, don't be like them. I love this. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Guys. God knows what we need. Jesus is like, he's sovereign. He's in control. He wrote your story. He wrote your destiny. He knows exactly what you need. And oftentimes I wear myself out because I'm on my knees praying to God over and over for these things. Should we persist in prayer for things? Yes, 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 yes. Jesus says don't make that all of your prayer life though. So I'm reading this, you guys, and I'm like, all right, then what's left? Like if I'm not praying to be seen as really spiritual... And I'm not asking God for stuff. Then what in the world is this thing about? Well, that, that just may be the excitement. Matthew 6, 6. He goes, here's, here's what I want you to focus on. Yes, we'll get into the asking and we'll get into the receiving. But here's what I want you to focus on now. Verse 6. He goes like this. But when you pray. So here we go. Jesus goes, here's what I do when I pray. Follow me. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. And pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. What in the world just happened right there? Typically, there was one room in a Jewish house that had a lock on it. Typically, it was where you stored the goods, uh, the expensive things, so robbers wouldn't dig through the wall um, and steal your goods. So he says, look, I want you, and he doesn't mean lock yourself away, although I do that every morning. My wife and I go to separate rooms and lock ourselves away and pray to the Lord Jesus. Um, but, but here's what he's saying. Don't, don't pray to be seen by people. Pray to God in the quietness yard. Make it intimate between you and God. Watch this, you guys. He goes, get raw. Get real with God. Like, pray to God. Be personal. Be intimate. Be real. Have real, raw conversation with God. That's where I need to get you. I need you praying that way. And then he says in 6.6, not only go in your room, which is to say, do it privately, do it intimately, do it between you and God. But he uses the word father, and that's what I want to load up on. But when you pray, go into your room, do it personally between you and God. Shut that door. And then he goes like this, 
pray to your father who is in secret. And he says it again, and your father. That was a very unusual way in that day and time to address God. He was, he was Jehovah. He was God. To call him father was a little tricky. Jesus is sending a message there. He's saying you need to start talking to him like he's your father. And you need to start seeing yourself as little kids if prayer is going to become real. That's a trip. And then he goes like this. And when you go into the secret place, God will reward you secretly. In other words, it's like a slice in our dimension as God, my father, breaks into my world and I find this secret place when it's just him and I. It's, it's where heaven and earth come together. It's where God leaves his reality, if I can say it that way, and this broken little man up here can find a place of beauty. It's a secret place. It's passionate between me and him. It's my dad, if you will, if we can say that, and, and still hold that reverence, dealing with his little son. Jesus says, you got to get there. you got to see yourself as that little broken kid and, and go to your father who has all things. You know what? Every time Jesus sees an, an adult, you, you know, we're, we're so religious and we're so strong, you guys. And God is so attracted to weakness. That's when his glory shines. And we're just not as strong as we think. I'm not saying that to hurt anybody. I'm saying that to free us. And every time Jesus Christ in the gospel sees an adult human being doing life like a little kid before God, he's blown away. He goes, everyone, look, look right there. You see him? You see him? That, that's the Roman centurion. His son is dying, and uh, he sent a messenger for me to go heal that, that boy of his. And this, this Roman soldier said, you don't even have to go. Just do it. You're Jesus. Just heal him. And Jesus is just like, see, he's like a little kid. He believes. Every time Jesus sees the, the disciples being all strong, who's going to be the baddest in the kingdom? He goes, you're too adult-like. You're too big. You need to come down. Look at these little kids over here. Look at the joy. Look at the faith. Look at the belief. They think their dad can do anything. Uh, Matthew 18, check it out. Totally turn the world upside down. We'll write this down and read it. I love this. <laughs> Man, his followers were a mess. Praise the Lord for grace. 18.1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus. So here's his followers. You know, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, the people who we have in stained glass. We ought to bring them right down. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? You know, Peter's got four miracles under his belt. Raise two dead people. Who's the greatest in the kingdom? Jesus is not playing it. And calling to him a child. You talk about knocking some guys down. And calling to him a child, he put the child in the midst of the big, bad, adult disciples. And said, guys, truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children... You will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And which is to say this, guys. You got saved by humbling yourself like a little child and trusting a father. You live the Christian life the same way. You pray the same way. It reflects the gospel. Stay small in your soul. Stay needy to the father. He loves you. He wants to care for you. You're getting too big. You're getting too strong. Will you just talk to your father in prayer like you're a little kid?
I'm going to bless some of you right here. The real God wants the real you to talk to him like little kids talk to parents. That's prayer. What would you do if you were sitting in a restaurant and there was a 30-year-old-ish guy talking to another guy at the table next to you? Just go there with me. And you're having dinner, you know, as a family or hanging out with some people or whatever. And, and you keep over here and this 30-year-old over here and he's talking and he's having a conversation with his friend over dinner. And, and this 30-year-old goes, yeah, you know what? I can't do anything without my dad. You'd be like, what? Did he just say that? Like, he needs some counseling. Like, what do you mean you can't do anything without your dad? What's going on here? You know who said that? Jesus Christ. John 5, 19. I can do nothing without my father's help. And if we're going to follow Jesus, that means we need to pray like little kids who look at a father and say, Father, you have everything. You know everything. I'm kind of broken down here and I really need you. And I'm going to talk to you all day. As things get crazy or I see something I don't understand or I see a sunset that's really amazing, I'm just going to talk to you like a kid all day. Man, that's a prayer life right there. And I'm not saying it's, it's not, that it's wrong to have scheduled prayer. I do. It's not wrong to pray for, for things and power. Yes, we'll get into all of that. But we got to start seeing God as our Father and seeing ourselves as, as these little children who are leaning on their amazing Father. And when Jesus says those words... I can do nothing without my father's help. Jesus is inviting us to become like a child. He's inviting us to be like he is. That's prayer. I was preaching at, I was teaching at a youth conference, uh, I don't know, like four years ago or something. And I'm terrified. I was terrified of the whole experience. Um, I'm a city guy. I had to sleep in a cabin. I had mice. And I know what I was like as a teenager. <laughs> so I'm like terrified of this conference. And so I, I go to this conference and I, I, I speak like eight times in like two days. And uh, I'm going to cry in a minute, but it's cool because I'm like a little kid. Um, I remember as I was sitting back, you know, as the man of God with all the teens around trying to be dignified like Peter and everything else. And, and I was watching these, these teenagers and there was a great band. We brought a, a crew up there and, and they're playing. And, and the highlight of my experience there was there was this Down Syndrome teenager. And if you've ever been around Down Syndrome um, people, they have the most beautiful spirits. There's, a, there's just a, a, a childlike beauty and I was sitting there very dignified, you know, waiting to come up and everything else. And this teenager ran up. He ran out of his seat. He didn't care who was watching. He runs up to the altar during the middle of a song, and he drops to his knees, and he puts his hands up like this. And he's just, like, worshiping the Lord. And he's, he's like, talking to his father. And, and they're jamming, and no one knows what to do. Should we go get him? Yeah, we got to go get him. You know, this is out of line. We can't do this. Let's put him back in the pew. And it's like, no, he, he's like a little kid. He's praying to his father. He's talking to his dad. And I'm, I'm sitting in the back, you know, as the dignified pastor who came to be the example, and I'm crying like, John, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you more like that? 
Just be with your father. Be, be, be broken and happy and joyous and seem that way and talk to him all day about everything. Man, that's prayer. It's this ongoing communion and conversation about all things of life. I remember the other day, I was thinking about this right here. I was walking as I ended a long day here. It was a great day, but I stopped somewhere and I'm walking and, he, and here's what I said to God. Here was my prayer to God. Father, I don't really want to say anything right now. I don't really want to talk right now. I just want to walk and be with you. And if you even want to talk to me, that's great, but I just want to, I want to be with you. I just want to walk. I want to look at your creation. I just want to be in the moment. Man, it's, it's just what was on my heart. And several years ago, man, I would stop and I would, I would, I would find a place to, to pray and I would just ask and ask and ask and then I would get away exhausted and again, nothing wrong with asking. But where is our communion? Where is this child-father relationship? And if you're here and you're like, look, I didn't have a dad. I don't get this. I didn't have a dad either. All the more reason that I love this. Why does God use children? Here's why. Because <laughs> they're awesome. They know they need their dad's help in everything. So they bring everything to dad. I mean, they're awesome that way. You know, I'm frustrated. Dad, dad, can you, can you do this for me? And they think dad can do anything. And the problem is when, when we pray at times, the Facebook us comes out. Like we think, well, you know, if I pray this way to the father, if I, if I structure it this way, you know, God will use that as some form of merit. He'll say, well, you're pretty good down there. You're looking pretty good. You know, we, we put the good us on. And we try to talk to the Father like that. We try to sound spiritual so God accepts our prayers. And I'm not, I don't mean to incriminate anybody or anything weird. I'm just saying this can be a problem at times. And that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ, guys. And so we either don't get real help from our Father or we don't even come to Him because we don't understand it. We feel like a hypocrite. And let me tell you the criteria to talk with the Father in prayer is. You, here's what you need if you're going to talk to God like he's your father all day about all things, whether it's an explosive sunset or you're dealing with depression. Anything that comes into your life, you just turn it into a conversation and be with him and talk to him. The criteria to talk with the father is weariness, frustration, sinfulness, confusion, and burnout. Because those are the things you talk to him about. I used to not want to pray when I felt like I was in a low spiritual state because I wasn't good enough. That's not the gospel. The very things that I turn into prayer now are the ugly things in my life. I'm angry right now, God. I, I, Father, I, I know it's not right. I mean, I, I need help with this thing. Like, I'm agitated right now. Uh, we were down at Pier 39 still doing the tourist thing. I, I don't know how long that lasts, but we're down at Pier 39, and, and I just felt anxious. Like, it just rushed me. Like, it was Friday night, nothing going on. The weekend was starting, and I just felt so anxious. You guys know what I'm saying? I hope so. <laughs> I need help then. Um, and, you know, like tense and, and moody towards my family and this stuff. And I remember just, like, bringing it to the Father like I was this little kid. Like, I don't know what's going on in me right now. Father, I just need help right now. I just need this thing. I need you to heal me right now. A couple days uh, before that, I remember seeing the sunset as I was driving. I just threw it up to, to my father. I said, Father, you're an amazing artist. That's it. That's my prayer life. I'm just talking. Like he's a real dad. And if you bring the real you to the father, 
you give them the opportunity to help the real you. I mean, what good is it to put a front on and go to him? He's got nothing to help there. He's, he's, he's stuck. You bring your anxiety. You bring your confusion. You bring your frustration. That's when he can parent you through it. You think about children, guys. How does a child structure conversation? <laughs> These guys are the best to talk to. There was a couple of them hanging out before church, and I just I, I watched them talk, just thinking about this. How do children structure conversation? And by the way, I'm, I'm in Daniel, reading through Daniel right now. He's praying on a schedule. There's nothing wrong with that. But I want to talk about spontaneous, fluid conversation with the Father. How does a child structure conversation? They don't. It's beautiful. They say whatever's on their mind, whenever they want. They've got no filter. It's beautiful stuff. Take the filter off and talk to your father. Talk to him about everything. Matthew 6.6. 6. Check this out. We'll shut this down. Go into communion. Uh, Matthew 6.6. 6. And all I want to do is put a beautiful taste back in your mouth that you can walk with God and speak to him about everything and kind of begin to reignite a prayer life. Again, we'll get into the specific askings. We'll get into the fasting. We'll get into all of that. But here's where I want you. I want you to see him as a father. I want you to see yourself as a child. And I want you to speak to him about everything. So he goes in 6-6. Six, six, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father, here it is, who sees in secret will reward you. You know, the trouble with that verse is Jesus doesn't tell us what the reward is. And there's so many different ways to be rewarded in the Bible. There's rewards in heaven. You know, there's all this stuff. And it's like, what is that? Well, let's not, let's not turn this into idolatry. Let's not, let's not look for the gift that we're going to get back. I believe, ultimately, that the reward is always more of God. I believe that continuous conversation with the Father is its own answer to prayer. It brings God back into the situation. And that immediately changes our perspective, doesn't it? I'm full of anxiety. Pier 39. I can't wait to get home and, and, and pray according to my list. Nothing wrong with that, but I can't. I've got, I've got to talk to God. I'm his, I'm his little messed up kid. And, and I, I begin to tell him, I, I don't know why I'm anxious. I don't even know what, what's going on here, Father. But if you would touch me right now and, and you would increase my faith. But just by me speaking to Dad who knows all things, has control of all things, just by going there in my mind and, and in my heart, bringing God into my anxiety, I realize that God's huge, my Father's amazing, He's in control, what am I worried about? And all of a sudden, my anxiety faded just like that. It's a little bit like this. I'm going to cry here when I tell this, but it's all good. Uh, our girls, um, we, have a girl, we have a daughter who's out uh, in the Midwest going to school, and uh, I'll loop back into that in just a minute. But our girls growing up had this book, um, and every page, these kids were going to their dad, and they were saying, you can do anything, daddy. You can do anything, daddy. You can do anything, daddy. And uh, it was a little joke. They used to come to me, these little girls, you know, and they would say, daddy, you can do anything. You can do anything. And, and as I would raise them, you guys, it was so amazing to me. Um, they would have these really hard times, and they'd be worried about something, and they would be scared. And all they had to do was start talking to their dad. And it wasn't even necessarily the answer I was giving them. It was the fact that they were remembering that dad is here, and dad is in control, and dad is going to protect you, and dad is watching over you. And all of a sudden, all of their fear and anxiety would be released because they believed that, daddy, you can do anything. And uh, our daughter in the Midwest, she, 
we text like all week and we're always all messing with each other and having fun. And, and she, she texts me this. She goes, Daddy, you can do anything. Like she's 18. And still to this day, like she, she thinks, oh, school and rent and oh, what am I going to do? Yet she has this idea that if I, if I just remember dad, Perspective begins to shift. Dad, Dad's going to take care of it. Dad's got my back. What am I worried about? He's never failed me. That's what this open conversation is about all day. Little things hit and you just bring it to God. And it's like just reminding that I have a heavenly father who loves me and, and who work all things into good. Just the thought when I connect my problem back with God begins to repair perspective. And I think, man, you can do anything, Daddy. And to pray this way is really to enter the world of a child where all things are possible to a kid. If you're here and you're in Christ, you are at the center of your Heavenly Father's affection. This conversation is where you find rest for your soul. And if you're His child, here's all I want to do as a community if you're struggling to pray, if prayer has gotten cold, I want you just to take the first wobbly steps of a child and learn how to walk with him again by talking to him about everything, especially the dark places. I want us to practice talking with the father as little kids together, just like a kid would talk to his dad, and I want you to feel his care and watch perspective be healed I want you to bring him into your world through open conversing that we call prayer. Does he answer? How does he answer prayer? We'll talk all about it next week. But let's just get here for now and get a fresh look of prayer. Let's pray together. And wherever you're at this morning, you're struggling with things, anxiety, fears, anger, bitterness. Talk to your father. Remember your father. You can do anything, father. Give it to him right now. Talk to him, whatever it is. If it's ugly, just speak to him. Tell him exactly what's on your heart. Forget the facades. Forget the theological jargon that we throw on these things and just get raw like a kid with his dad. 